It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm Josh, joined today by Ben Roy Turner. And only Ben Roy Turner, because it's raining, it's pouring. And when it's raining, Scott is somewhere snoring. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Unfortunately, Scott can't be with us. He says the real reason is that he's got a lot on and he's too busy, but I really think that he is just scared of the rain and is now sleeping and going into hibernation. Um, he does live on in spirit in this podcast because we're yeah. talking today about the upcoming releases going into um, October, which I can't believe we've come round to already. That seems crazy, but there are so many games, so many games coming out next month and even the end of this month, um, September at the moment. So we decided to round up um, a lot of the big ones, a lot of the ones that we're personally interested in. And um, Scott was originally going to be on this podcast. So we've got a lot of um, Scott games in here that we're going to give a shout out to, but um, we won't go into everything in complete detail, but the ones that interest us the most, we'll um, absolutely jump into, including one of the first releases of the month, Ben Roy, which I know me and you are incredibly excited for on October 5th. It's finally time to revisit Alan Wake. It's coming oh, out yes. um, on all consoles, essentially, a fully um, remastered edition of the game. And yeah, out on October 5th. I'm so excited for this. I cannot wait to play it. But do we have time to slip it in? Because there's so many releases, Ben Roy. Are you making room for Alan Wake remastered? I will make enough room as there, as there is until, what, two days later or another big game comes out. But yep. for me, I, I've got, me and Alan have got to have a little bit of a chat and jump back in. I played the game last year when it came to Game Pass uh, and everything else. Uh, the older version, the sort of 360 PS, no, just 360 version because it wasn't yep. a PS3. But I'm excited to have it on PlayStation. You know why? Because I like to, you know, maybe add it to a, a certain list of games that I've been accruing over the past few years with trophies and all that. But I'm also excited because uh, the um, the model of Alan's going to be represent more the actor. Can't remember his name right now, but uh, they they went more that way with the um, his inclusion and control. And I'm just looking forward to meshing those worlds even more. And maybe they could slip something in that feels a bit controlish, but if not. I'm excited to jump into this game again and remember just how long it is. I know. Well, this is the thing, Ben Roy. This is the thing because Alan Wake, I regard it as one of my favorite horror games of all time. But the thing is, I've only played it once very close to when it came out. Although I, no, I played it a few times, but you know what I mean? I owned it once. Yeah. I played it for a few weeks, you know, did all the achievements and stuff and then haven't touched it since. I almost went back to it when I got my Series X and saw that it was on there. And then obviously this remaster edition was announced. So I kind of um, gave that a miss and waited for this. But if you've played it recently, you know, going into the remaster edition, 
one, I want to know if it holds up like my memory thinks it holds up. And two, this is a proper remaster. So are there any tweaks uh, apart from the character models and textures and stuff like you mentioned there that you yeah. kind of like hope they um, bring over to it? Yeah, I, so the playing it last year, it did play pretty much like a game you'd expect. There's things like, I don't, I don't know if it's there on purpose, like artificial things like you can't run as fast and it's got like the stamina system in that feels like Alan Wake's 70 years old where he can't really move as much. <laughs> but um, uh, for me, most of the, for most of it, it was there, the combat on like normal, I think was still challenging. And um, I never got tired of the shine a light and kill, but I know a lot of people back in the day were like, oh, I'm a bit bored of this combat now. I mean, like, yeah, to me, it was more interesting than just shooting everything. It was kind of like interesting throwing the torch on people. But yeah, one thing that I'll be surprised with is how many people just go out flat and beat this because it was a lot longer than I remember. And also because it used, it was going to be an open world game once upon a time. They had yeah. a lot of, a lot of island to pick from so they just decided to throw in a whole bunch of levels but apart from that and losing the branding like energizer and other things i wonder what is going to be changed it's it's funny it's um dude it's it's so funny you mentioned that because you know i've been playing a death stranding uh, uh definitive edition which you know yes. because i've been messaging you at length about it because i can't stop playing it but they did the same thing in that where some of the branding um was removed Moved. And I remember like a lot of people complained about, you know, the product placement at the time in Alan Wake in Death Stranding, but now it's kind of gone. Um, I kind of miss it. It's weird. It's almost part What's of its gone um, from Death Stranding? I don't know if I want to break your heart, but the monster's gone. It's been replaced by own brand Bridges Energy now. The monster's completely out of there. And now you just drink this uh, made up drink and it doesn't work as well. I bought Monster, especially for that launch, Benroy. And I was disappointed to see that it wasn't even in the game anymore. I'm surprised. I'm surprised I've not seen anyone ripping their faces off on this over Twitter in either anger or celebration because I know that was a pretty like uh, a questionable thing where you had product placement in the game. But also, yeah, I mean, I I, I never went, went back from Monster. That converted me from they <laughs> converted me way back in 2019, back before the war. So yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. I thought it'd just be the AMC show that was going to be dunked out of the shower, but I wasn't expecting Monster itself to actually be gone. Well, hilariously, the AMC show is the one that's still there. Uh, Norman Reedus still goes for a uh, for a little wee wee, and then it comes up with the ride with Norman Reedus stuff. Um, so yeah, it's kind of strange because you know when product placement is in games, like when it was first announced, I thought the monster thing was dumb in the moment. I was like, that doesn't really work. That's kind of incredibly distracting. The same with Alan Wake. But when they take it away from it, when you've experienced tens upon tens of hours with it. It almost feels like there's something um, lost, even if it does increase the integrity of the game. So yeah, Alan Wake remastered out um, October 5th, alongside a bunch of other releases. We've got Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. We've got Jet the Far Shore. We've got Hell Let Loose, which is um, the World War II multiplayer shooter, which is out for next-gen consoles. I think it's already out for PC, or maybe that's what it's coming out for PC. It's definitely been in um, beta and maybe even early access for a while now. This is uh, being talked about a while, and the rumor is that um, Hell Let Loose is going to be the PlayStation Plus game for October as well. Do you have any interest in this at all, Ben Roy? Because I know you're a big multiplayer first-person shooter fan, but I know when you get into a multiplayer first-person shooter, you become entrenched in it for yeah. years. Well, at the moment, it's really, we've gone back to PUBG, me and my friends. There's Alien, um, Aliens Fireteam Elite in there, and Predator was just free recently. So yes. we're kind of like floating around. I, 
Predator is probably going to be deleted soon, unfortunately, because there's another game coming out this month, which is going to grab us. But this Hell at Loose, um, I was looking at it before we recorded. And I was just like, are you doing anything? It, it made me think it was a bit more tactical at first, but when I saw it, it just seemed like a shooter in that sort of time period. And if it's got no sort of like special source that jumps out at me straight away, which it hadn't in admittedly the brief time I've checked this out, then, uh, but at the same time, if it's free, yeah. I'm going to maybe look at it once or twice, like I did <laughs> destruction all stars, that, that fire of a game. But yeah, uh, for me, it's going to be at the bottom of the list. I think, I think that's fair. It's definitely the one that's going to, for most people, I think, especially in the mainstream, especially casuals, maybe fly under the radar. I think if it is on the PlayStation Plus games, which will be announced by the time this podcast goes up, I'm sure. Like that always happens when we make predictions like this. We always put the podcast up and then, you know, they it actually, we find out one way or the other. I think if it does yeah. go on PlayStation Plus, it'll obviously get a lot more eyes on it. And hopefully it does well. You know, I like the idea of this kind of big scale, more tactical game, like you said. And if it nails that kind of vibe, it'll definitely tide me over because there's a big um, Battlefield 2042 gap in the schedule. Now that's been delayed until November. So that was going to be my first person shooter of the month. And now obviously that's fighting with Call of Duty next um, next month. And then um, this will obviously be fighting with Call of Duty as well because they're both World War II games. But yeah, like you mentioned, um, all of this is kind of coming in the shadow of the major blockbuster release on October 7th. That is Far Cry 6. This is going to be the game probably the biggest game of the entire month that um, I think will sell the most and that will definitely get the most interest and the most traffic. And I know we're interested in it. Um, yes. Has your opinion on Far Cry 6 changed at all as the years gone by, Ben Ruggs? I know we've talked about this game a lot, but as we get closer to launch, I, at least myself, I find myself getting more excited for it. I've seen some more previews on like around the, around the YouTubes, uh, certain uh, creators that I trust, and um, it looks good, man. It, it looks like just one of those big, fat, juicy open world burgers that I can sort of like marinate <laughs> in for a month or so and just pick away at. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna be playing this in the daytimes and then going back and shouldn't have Alan in the, in the evening. So you know. <laughs> it's just gonna be Javier Bardem. Um, not Javier Bardem. I was watching Skyfall the other day. That's why I'm thinking of him. Uh, John Carlos Espinito during the day, just chilling on his like fake Cuba Island, and then going chilling with Alan Wake in the evening. That's so for me. I'm well up for this. I want to get in a Far Cry game when it comes out for once because, as I've said before, I've only ever played the first one, and then <laughs> number five years after it came out so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing being sort of like the more the more zeitgeist being part of the conversation as we go but yeah i'm looking forward to this one how about you that's wild to me like every even though you've mentioned that multiple times on these podcasts and in videos and in private i still can't i almost can't believe it because it's such a big franchise like you forget how big F F far cry is like you know far yeah. cry 5 did gangbusters obviously even four was really big three was the kind of thing that really pushed into the mainstream and for me with far cry 6 even though i do think it doesn't necessarily look like the most cutting edge game especially visually which i've always had a bit of a problem with and um, like the far cry formula is the one ubisoft thing for me that um hits every time you know a lot of people are sick of their open world shenanigans but for me when it comes to this specific franchise um it hits and far cry 5 was a real return to form after i thought far cry 4 was a little bit ropey so if they kind of continue down that path and maintain the quality of the core gameplay that was in that game because i think the core 
shooting mechanics in Far Cry 5 were really, really solid. If they managed to implant this onto Far Cry 6 with obviously this bigger world, the mix of um, urban environments this time around, a bigger focus on that. And then these mad, um, you know, abilities like the, the, the jetpack launcher. Uh, yeah. I hope, I hope it all comes together into something coherent and good. And um, hopefully it's going to be a win for that team because I feel like the next Far Cry has to be something radically different, right? Like, I don't know you where say you that. go with Far Cry 6. I'm not sure. You say you say it's going to be radically different, but if it just has another big actor in it, that is a really good <laughs> villain. Then if it just keeps selling, then I guess it would. Like, at this point, uh, it's a bit like the Assassin's Creed. The Far Cry games are just going to be first-person shooters in big dictatorship-controlled areas. It just depends where they can go, I guess. Totally. I mean, you know, you mentioned the big name actors there. For me, even though they obviously hit... Uh... Get Javier Bardem in there and have that, you know, <laughs> what's that island out of Skyfall where the, there's no one left you're the, you're the James Bond fan. There, there's what this island... island? I don't know. I don't remember every location of every one, but there's an island where Javier Bardem's like uh, talking about rats, uh, touching up Daniel Craig for a bit, but then like it, it's a legit island where it was evacuated due to like uh, mining fumes out of the mines. So just have it have it on that island to get <laughs> Javier in there and let's go. Well, you can't use that because that's going to get used in the IO Interactive James Bond 007 game. So you can't just use up all of these locations in non-Bond yeah. games. That's not how it works. I just hope they don't waste John Carlo in this. You know. Obviously, me and you are big fans of the ads his are good work. enough, man. The ads are already like getting me going for it. I, I listen. I don't want to rain your parade. Your parade. I don't want to. I don't want to do that right now. But with previous Far Cry games, right, they've always relied so heavily on this villain trope. Like that's their bread and butter. That's like their big showpiece at the heart of the story. Even when the story doesn't make sense, which it often doesn't, because you go through all of these like drug infused kind of like dream sequences and stuff. Yeah. Even through all of that bullcrap, you know, like the, the main performances are always so good. But sometimes the writing doesn't quite support them in the way that you want it to, especially with Far Cry 5. I thought the villains, while performed really well and interesting, weren't given as much focus or as much depth as they needed to. So I hope this is definitely a vast situation from Far Cry 3 rather than a Joseph Seed situation from Far Cry 5, for instance. I hope they... I just hope they give them the writing that they deserve because then, right, even in The Mandalorian, right, I kind of, I kind of think John Carlo, he's better. He's not better than this, but give him more stuff to do, man. Like put him in more scenes. Give him the, big the problem. Or something. The problem is once you introduce him and he's in there. At one point, uh, I'm not going to say what, but when something so powerful comes into a scene and he's not someone imbued with the force, what is he going to do after a wave and a? A glowy stick around for a bit that's my thing and i'm interested in i mean like we could get a yeah. totally different john carlo in the in the next season of mandalorian who knows but at the same time even if we have as little of him as like say a clifford unger in death stranding and he's right. just on the radio going i'm gonna i'm gonna take you to Drogland now for a bit and then <laughs> by the way if you've got that alligator because you're gonna or crocodile i can never tell a difference I'm, i never care sorry anyone who does care about that um i'm gonna take you out to the into the water somewhere now you've got to fight some boats anything like that just <laughs> just let him monologue at me three or four majorly important times and i'm and i'm easy at that point i know what you mean if you just kind of like rang me up and was like oh you made i'm gonna batter you i'd be like i, I get what you bear, mean though bear, with um the mandalorian uh stuff that as well so 
Yeah, I just, I just, you know, I, I, I like him so much that I just hope he's given um, the material that's worthy of an actor of his caliber. Anyway, and uh, moving on, because this month is packed. Like I said, uh, we've got uh, Metroid Dread on the eighth alongside the Switch OLED. Benroy, do you have any interest in the Switch OLED or Metroid Dread? Uh, Switch OLED can get in the bin. I don't care about that. They give me something more than that. Uh, also, uh, I bought this game, Metroid Dread, and then I returned it. And then I just said, no, actually, I don't want it because I'm not going to have because I really wanted to play it. I've played some of the Metros in the past, but mainly I want a Prime. If as soon as a Metroid Prime is on my lap, there, I'm in. But for yeah. this, I, I bought it, then I reassessed what I'm playing for the rest of the year. I'm like, well, nothing is coming out in November that I want, but still, all these games are going to spill over. So Metroid got, um, I got returned. Oh, it's, a, it's a shame because that's kind of happened with me as well like when it was first announced obviously i'm not um it's not that like i'm not into metroid just i don't have that familiarity with it's it a different a time of, man like it was do. it was it was massive when we were in like in the 90s when we were young children still so <laughs> well you're completely right like i feel like you know there is a gamer of a certain era of a certain generation who you know metroid is like the holy grail to and for the, all intents and purposes dread looks like something that people have been waiting for for years if not decades right and yeah. coming alongside this new um switch it seems like a good selling point for Nintendo as a whole. I know the Switch OLED wasn't exactly the Switch Pro that a lot of people were hoping it would be, but it seems to be getting pretty solid previews. If I didn't have a Switch, that would be the one I got because I like to play um, it handheld. So I think it's quite a good game um, to go alongside with it. However, there is also another Switch game, and this is one I've talked about quite a lot, but I'm, I'm putting it in here. I'm not going to talk about it at length, but I want to give you a pitch, Ben Roy. Disco Elysium, the final cut is out on Switch on the 12th of October. Now, me and you um, kind of have this tradition that we didn't necessarily start together, but over the Christmas period, we, yes. we, we venture back to the places where we grew up to visit relatives, and we have a lovely little love-in with our Switch while we are there. Can I at all convince you to try Disco Elysium, the final cut, on your Switch when you do make that pilgrimage back home? I think if it's going to be anywhere, it'll be on the PlayStation. I'm like, for me, <laughs> Switch at this point, Switch stuff is the novelty of oh, I'm playing Resident Evil in the sky, or <laughs> um, with horrible it, controls are even worse, or I'm going back to a Mario. For, and I have, uh, as I also mentioned to you um, before, like uh, this was, I think this game was probably announced. Galaxy's been set on my Switch, waiting to be played. Yeah. If this game, if this was like a Hades situation like last year where this game wasn't already on a PlayStation. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I would go there, but the thing is, I'm very sort of like, if I can concentrate as much into one place I can, then I do. Um, I wish I could help you out here josh but at the same time <laughs> the playstation would call to me and understand so i don't know i don't know i'm, I'm gonna say no uh, right. because i'm honest but I, at one time i will play at one point i will play this game just depends Listen, just don't know when i'm just pleased i shot my shot you know i would have been very disappointed if we wrapped this up but i didn't have my sales pitch to you to please try and play this game so you know, that's totally fine. I hope you get to it eventually. Because, Mario you know, Galaxy will be there first. I understand that because that's the game I'm also playing because I got Mario <laughs> Galaxy. I got the um, Galaxy, um, what are the other ones there? Uh, 64 and the other one. that we Crap Shine. Big, that, I, I don't know what that means. Um, Sunshine, but crap. That's the one. That's crap it. Shine, yeah. Um, so I played 64 last year and I've saved yeah. the other two games for this Christmas. So that's going to be my uh, Switch thing back as well. I like Some... that we link up on this. Yeah. Um, also out on the 12th is Back for Blood, which I know you'll be looking forward to um, with your squad for a while. We And this is the one that we um, talked about because there was a beta or maybe an alpha released um, the other month. It was a beta, yeah. On, yeah. That we jumped on and played. And it was promising. It wasn't quite as polished as I wanted it to be personally, but that was obviously a month or two ago. They've had a lot of time to tweak it. I'm hoping this comes out and it's a confident launch. I don't want it to be because this is, um, you know, the same developers who made the original Left 4 Dead, who made Evolve and stuff. I don't want this to come out feeling a little bit half-baked and us to be here on October 12th going, this might be a good game in November. This might be a good game in December. This might live up to its potential in January. I just hope it comes out swinging. Yeah, it felt like what they were adding was taken away from it and just sort of like um, put, as you would say, putting too much butter on not enough bread this time instead of, you know, the way around. Uh, switch up the old uh, Bill by Baggins saying there. But for me, uh, it's, I mean, it's not free, but it's on Game Pass. So it's it comes it comes with my Gears 5 tax. So I'm going to play it. I was going <laughs> to buy it as it was anyway. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this game in its full light and maybe having the tutorials front me in a better fashion and not say, like, I feel like games recently have really either left me alone or forced me into a tutorial section where I'm just like, oh, like with Deathloop, where it just kept going and going, or with mm-hmm. this in its beta form where it was so brief. And I was like, here, here, here. And there was, a, there was so much front of me at once. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they onboard players and i just want to shoot some 
zombies, even though I think they're more alienish. Who knows? But yeah, I am ready for it in any respect. Did you get World War Z Aftermath? Oh, is that out yet? Is that I, I mean, I reviewed it when it first came out. What was the, I think Aftermath is just either some game of the year edition with more levels and things like that. Okay. But um, when World War Z came out, that was, um, that was interesting, that one, because it was like a, a Left 4 Dead, but with more zombies, but with, with less character. And mm. after a few runs of it, we couldn't convince my, uh, the third in our group to get it. So him, so after we played it for a bit, it's just like, ah, now I've reviewed it and it was kind of just there. I'm kind Mm -hmm. of just done with it in a way. And that was literally almost another Left 4 Dead clone with their version of Hunter and everything else in there. So, Yeah, totally. I feel like, you know, there have been so many Left 4 Dead clones, like you said, and this is obviously the proper spiritual successor to it, right? Oh, it's supposed to be. That's why I'm so ready for it, yeah. Yeah, totally. And the fact that it is on um, Game Pass, I think, is a huge win. Like, that's how I'm going to play it, you know, because at the moment it is kind of this shaky thing that's um, unproven. So the fact that, you know, like Hell Let Loose, potentially, if that does come to PlayStation Plus, it'll get a lot of eyes on it. It'll get a lot of people playing it. And hopefully they don't use those players as play testers, but actual, yes. you know, um, community members instead. And I hope it, uh, um, yeah, makes a better first impression than it did in the beta. I understand the pressures of a beta to communicate everything that a game is about and make a solid first impression. But I hope that when it comes out properly, you can take it at its own pace and it will ease you into those systems rather than overwhelm you, like you said, because there's nothing worse for me anywhere than just being overwhelmed with information by a game going into it, like having all of those different Especially... icons to look at, all of those different cards to get to grips with. It can it can really be off-putting, I find, and it's a mistake that a lot of big games these days make, I think. Especially in, when it's in tiny text box form and it stops you from playing the game, you can't stop it, and it forces you to look at these bits and even... In the case of Deathloop, just go shoot another shot of Deathloop. When you change, <laughs> when you can change the text to, I'm normally increasing text to the massive these days because um, just eyes getting older. And then that text in that box is nothing like what you just did. So it's like half, if not a, <laughs> a quarter of the side. So I'm like, oh, what's that say? As the, the, you know, <laughs> trying to get close to the screen. But yeah, um, improve your, t- your tutorials or give players a chance to be like. Can can you leave me alone for now, please, for a minute, yeah. please, and let me sort of sort myself out. And 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 one more pet peeve before we move on: multiplayer no, games, on. multiplayer games. If you're a multiplayer game, do not force people to play something single player, like for an hour, for half an hour, an hour. I, I think I can't remember the last one that properly did that. But oh, when I just want to play something with some friends and we load it up, and, oh, there's a half an hour tutorial. I'll oh, best I'll play for <laughs> a bit. Don't do that. Rubbish. I know. Um... Scott has a pet peeve with that as well. I'm sure he would say if he was on here, um, where he yeah. just wants to get in the game. You just, you just me... want to get in the game at that point. Yeah, Especially just... if, you, if you've played the beta, if you've been keeping up with it, you know, there should be some kind of um, way for you to just be like, I know this information in a way. I know I know, I know what I want to do, If even if you don't know the information. I know what I want to yeah. do. I want to jump in and just figure it out as I go rather than yeah, the... go through this clunky thing. The I've played video games button sort of thing. Yeah, I'm good. I'll, I'll work out how to sprint and I'll work out how to knife someone in the throat. It's fine. No, mate, you've got to understand that left trigger is to aim and right trigger is to shoot. On the 15th, I would be remiss, speaking of Scott Tilford, not to mention the Demon Slayer game, which means nothing to me. I'm not going to lie. I have not seen the show. I think it is a show. 
Um, I know it's an anime, Ben Roy. I know you're into your anime, but I don't know if this is at all up your uh, street. Unfortunately, it's not a Sailor Moon game, so I don't really know much about it. I'm not gonna be honest. When we were look, when we were going back over the list before that, I intentionally um forgot to uh, skip over this one because there wasn't much time. But um, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure people will enjoy this. Demon, yes. if Demon Slayer seems like a property with some fans i'm making up things as i go and i'm rambling <laughs> until you force me into the next game josh this is the one that's going to get us killed because i know demon slayer obviously has like a huge fandom it's like one of the biggest <laughs> things ever it's just completely not my radar so i hope that is good and i hope the people looking forward to it continue to enjoy it and um, on the 22nd and um, we have potentially the big horror game for the end of the year which is the dark pictures anthology house of ashes which is the third game in the dark pictures anthology I keep messing that up in the dark pictures anthology this time we're following um i'm just going to read you the official synopsis actually ben right it says we're following a military unit searching for chemical weapons who unearth something far deadlier in the ruins of a buried sumerian temple deep beneath the arabian desert something evil is awakened savage and unstoppable a nest of ancient and unearthly creatures has found a new prey to hunt i've i'm not gonna lie to you i've been keeping up with the dark pictures anthology and series but i've never really jumped in myself i've watched them be played but i've never felt the urge to actually pick them up myself or interact with them they seem almost like um something that i can consume passively almost through other people rather than engage with but i'm gonna go back through obviously because i've seen what happens at the first two and then um play this one at the end of the month that's my plan i know the first one man of madan is on game pass i've downloaded that i'm going to play the second one i'm going to play the third one and i'm going to try to have a good time because i love until dawn so much and i want to know what the studio is doing do you have do you have any interest in playing these games hear me out all right until dawn was phenomenal and almost perfect in every way that i needed it that i needed it i'm not saying it's a perfect game i mean shooting there because nothing's perfect uh man of Medan, when i finally got around to playing it i think it was on sale like last year uh the pull for that for me was being able to play that one co-op so i played it with a friend over yeah. the internet so we saw different things and that was quite interesting um and we had sort of different ways through and i died several times because he was a bit useless, and then sometimes I would just let him die, just be like, well, you're dead now as well. But that I felt that that was the hook for me there. Is being, I don't know if they've all been multiplayer in that respect, but for me, that was the part of it that really drew me in being able to take go into these stories with a friend and go for each part. But it never quite landed like until dawn. And mm-hmm. after playing Man of Medan, I was like, eh, I'm okay, I'm gonna stop here. But the right. thing is, right. Once upon a time ago, in the early two thousands, <laughs> we had a bunch of games set during this during these conflicts, and I was like, "Oh, it's weird to see that it's been like fifteen odd years later, and it's weird to go back uh, with a game like this where it, they say the synopsis looking for chemical weapons gives me a bit of a cringe, and then going into it and then finding out how it's going, how, how the game starts to go down, how it switches into the horror mode is very interesting because if it's weird in a way there's potential for this time period, but I don't know in what way and I'm interested, but at the same time, this is on the back burner for me. I know what you mean. It's um, it's a setting and it's a setup that, you know, for me, I, I wouldn't necessarily have thought of if I was making a horror experience, but that's almost fascinating in and of itself to see if they can, you know, do something creative and do something terrifying with that. You know, watching the trailer, there's definitely shades of the descent in there. It felt very, <sighs> the descent at times, which 
it's fine by me. One of my favorite horror movies of all time. But yeah, I'm tentatively watching this one as I have been them all. And I'm just kind of waiting for that one game that makes the Dark Pictures anthology kind of click into place. You know, I think there's going to be eight of, the, of these bad boys. So one of them has to be the kind of, you know, crown jewel of the whole piece and be the one that kind of makes you go, oh yeah, this was definitely all worth it. This was amazing. Hopefully it's House of Ashes, but maybe it's going to be one of the infinity other games that this um, company produces. After this, um, heading out to the end of the month, we've got um, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is out on um, October 26. And even though I haven't looked at your face while I read this out, I almost feel like I know exactly what you're going to say about this. Ben Roy, Guardians of the Galaxy, go. Haven't we spoke about this game for the past uh, <laughs> six weeks, Grunin? At this point, I think I think I've said I'm all right. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it looks much better than the Avengers. But at this yes, point, it's it definitely a um, it's a wait and see game, and I'm I'm waiting to see how the reviews go down. I'm waiting to see what almost what other people think because I I want to give it a chance, but I'm kind of superheroed out anyway. Never mind going into the um, this game specifically. I like the Guardians of the Gal- Galaxy as characters. I think visually it looks very interesting. I like that you can you know customize the dialogue, choose your different dialogue options. The combat looks good, but I feel like this is going to be a good game, but maybe not a spectacular one. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope the reviews come out in the ten out of tens, nine out of tens across the board. But the vibe I'm getting is I can pick this up in January for cheaper, and I might not miss much. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be one of those that's going to be just there. And it's going to be, say, between five and seven on some people's game of the year list. And it will score like around an eight, maybe. It depends Mm -hmm. if there's, if there's, if if, is it, it depends if it's broken or (laughs) if there's some jokes in there people don't like. But I think it's just going to be just there. It will sell. It doesn't seem like it's going to sink as much cash as uh, the Avengers did. So, like for example like a watchdogs uh last year whatever one that was called which i actually do own but i still can't remember the name yeah like i was it i that was a game that i was just like i want a game that that was just there i wanted a game Mm -hmm. was just there and i feel like this is just the the just there of this year yeah totally i mean i'm I'm intrigued but i can't say i'm um Following over myself to pre-order it or anything um, at the moment. Um, rounding out the month, though, we've got a trio of games. We've got Shinobalite, which yes. is one that you said you've been seeing a lot of. We've got Fatal Frame, Maiden of Blackwater, and we've got um, Ubisoft's Riders Republic. So a pretty big um, month for Ubisoft, really, overall. Out of those three games, do any of those intrigue you? Or is that just kind of like you're done for the month? You're waiting for November to come around? Well, as, as as someone who went to Chernobyl and um, yes. loves Metro and is is on the second Metro book, finally, uh, yes, Chernobyl Light is something that I want to delve into, and it may get bumped to the month after, but it's one that I want to jump into before the year's over. It it looks it's weird. It looks like um, an early two thousands sort of like shooter that's trying to be a bit more than it is than it, than mm-hmm. it can be but the graphics look like they're almost super like recent now. So it looks like a mold of stuff like that and something that we wouldn't have normally got on the consoles maybe like a generation ago or something. So Chernobyl, like, I just just let me be some some human from Russia going around or human from that, but you don't have to be a Russian. You can be any part of the um, the east of Europe or anywhere in the world, really. Let me be anyone. But, you know, I mean, that sort of vibe <laughs> and... Uh, 
I love my Metro and I want to go back. I want to go back because this is going to amp me up for Stalker I love 2. I the Metro books. Next year. If you're, oh. if you're on the second one now. Uh, the second one is very different to the games because it's sort of like a, just an, almost like an anthology of the, the Metro and it sort of like doesn't really follow yeah. Antion. But the first one, the, the first one is so close to the first book. And then the, a uh, writer who wrote the games as well brings the third book back into more of the line of last light and stuff like that but the metro books are haunting and it's just you even because i'm listening to them because i'm doing things like i'm just driving around collecting packages in gta and it's just <laughs> such a thing to listen to and just sort of be pulled into the atmosphere and i just want more of that world of the metro because it's just so fascinating to me and the idea of hiding in the metros during a nuclear apocalypse and just monsters and humans from any any which angle that's great to, that's actually great to hear man because i am obviously i like i really enjoyed the metro games myself and every single time i played them i always like threatened myself i'd be like right this time you're going to read the books yeah you're going to read book, the books the first book is did. better than the first game in my opinion like the story of the first book especially listen to it paul being so much just like I'm just going to keep, I just need to smash this book out. And it was so good. I just, it just, I, I went off books for a bit. I don't know. I couldn't concentrate uh, I get that. Yeah. for a while because of the world. I'm just doing that there just to be like, make it a bit more fun. But, and I just wanted to listen to people chat random stuff like we're doing now, but this book, I've been pulled back into it and I can't wait to see it through. So there you go. The most anticipated game of the year is actually the second Metro book. So that's awesome. <laughs> um, I want to know what you guys think um, over on Twitter. You can follow me at Josh Brune. You can follow Ben Roy at... At Ben Roy Turner. And I also want to play Fatal Frame, but I know we're out of time. I know, me too. Like, that's one that I, I, I've, I've been wanting to get to, um, but I just don't know enough about the series, truthfully, to it's talk scary. about it with confidence. But that's all I need to know. I know it's scary. I like the premise. I think it looks good. Uh, yeah, let us know over on Twitter if you can about um, which of these games you're looking forward to. If we missed any, because October is still packed, there were some we have to cut here. Are you looking forward to Demon Slayer? What is Demon Slayer? Please let me know if I need to watch that or catch up and get don't, back into the zeitgeist because I feel... Very, very old, not knowing about that. Yeah, please let us um, know over on social media. And if you want to um, leave this podcast a, a review, a like, all that stuff. Um, I don't, I've never done this before. I've never wrapped up a podcast. So I'm going to keep rambling. Um, thank you. Goodbye. Please tune in to the next podcast, which will be out on Friday. It's Scott and Jules. And we'll see you next week. That was awesome. Smooth. No one even noticed. It wasn't Scott doing that perfect outro there. Goodbye. Scott's asleep somewhere. Good night. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.